can you Probably. not see in this? No, you can say whatever you want, but I'm trying oh. not to swear gratuitously. My mum keeps begging me up for it. Oh, fair, fair play. So is Mama. Does she really listen to this? Oh, well, oh well, I hope she does actually, but she doesn't know how to use technology, so... Two of them can f*** off. I know. Hello and welcome to episode 4 of the Blethered Podcast. This week I sat down and spoke with Paul Black... Actor, writer and director He's featured in various Viral videos that you'll be aware of People Make, Glasgow um, Stop Filming McCourtney And Ghost Boy Amongst others If you haven't seen them I would recommend Pausing Or Going back and watching on YouTube You can find I think if you type in Paul Black Or Pity Party On Facebook or YouTube Then you should be able to find them Definitely worth watching Because they are hilarious We spoke about quite a few topics from comedy inspiration and how the whole thing came about, how social media helped you know, catapult them and sort of put them a lot further in the timeline uh, in their career than they would have been perhaps without it. We also spoke about social media and how it impacts mental health, specifically Instagram. Uh, and that's kind of connected to Paul is bringing out a vlog series and it's mental health orientated and it's called Sadwit. Hilarious. It seems to me to be well worth listening to. From what I heard, it sounds quite self-depreciating, honest, helpful, and overall funny, which is important. Um, and we did talk about how it's important to just keep the conversation about mental health going. Um, I know mental health is quite a buzzword or a buzz term, but you know the things that cause it, the things that impact it, and the things that can make it better, and how we can help each other, basically. Uh, we also spoke about how his careers advisor told him to be more realistic, and how that was, you know, it's fortunately they didn't listen to him uh, and we talked about how you know he went from making funny videos uh, to working with the BBC on sitcoms and sketch shows overall I really enjoyed it Paul's a top guy it was a, a really good laugh um, and I hope you enjoy it as well cheers Aye, she does listen oh, to that. I imagine she did. Think, you know, support her. My mum, that's a funny thing as well, man. I think a lot of people do creative stuff, sometimes, especially if you come from a working class background. Your mum, my mum's just like, I just don't get it. Like, um, she's always says to me, like, all my mum wants is for me to get, like, a trade. That <laughs> <laughs> like, is her dream. And she's like, she's like, you never thought about being a plumber, Paul? And I'm like, mum, it's just simply unrealistic. Imagine me showing up, like, hi, I'm here to fix stuff. It's unrealistic. <laughs> it's not happening. So I say to her like, because cause obviously it's harder to make money and harder to get mm-hmm. at, like actually make it big time with creative mm-hmm. stuff. So she's just like, Are "You sure that's what you want today?" And when I show her the video, she kind of laughs because it's just me, her two sons are just being daft, and right. she's just kind of ah, oh, I don't really get it. Like we we did a drag race, a RuPaul's Drag Race parody sketch, and she was just like. She was actually like, "Oh, are you are you going to put that out? Are you dressing up like woman?" And she's not like she's not a big at it, but she's just like, she was just a bit like, "All right, are you sure people will only make funny?" And I'm like, "Oh, people will fucking love it, Alison. <laughs> just like get on board." So I think sometimes she's a bit like, I'm just like, right. "Are you sure you should be putting all that stuff out Protective there?" Because now like Ma's pure hink, like 
people are trying to hack them on Facebook. Like somebody wants access oh, to their 32 friend having Facebook account. That was a bit of conversation that got picked up, I think, accidentally on the mic um, when we were just sitting. And I wanted to put it in. <laughs> so this is us properly going for the start. Paul, thanks for coming. No worries, thanks for having me. I'm, I love a podcast, to be honest. Same. I'm, um, I'm up for it. In the intro, which I will go on to record, I will explain who you are. But if you want to, in your own words, tell listeners who you are, basically. Uh, well, I'm, I'm a writer, the director, I make short films, make comedy sketches, and post them online. Um, I'm a performer as well, acting all the videos that I make. Um, yeah. Excellent. And so, how how did, is that? Has that been a recent thing? Is that something you've worked on for a, a long time? Well, the last time, the first time we actually filmed something was uh, March two thousand eighteen. So it's not even been a year yet. But um, so March two thousand March two thousand eighteen, we put out our first video. It was basically a follow up from we put this stupid video on like a daft video where it's basically me and my brother. He's um, we're both wearing, he's wearing my ma's house coat and he's got on my, my basically my brother in law's in a Beatles tribute band so he has all these mad wigs because he plays George Harrison <laughs> so just sitting about and he, he's got one of these wigs on and then we're just filming talking shite and we just made like a 11 second video that's stopped filming Courtney people know it as Everybody, aye. it's and, in the um, intro don't worry oh good getting it in there for plug it but um, aye so that was just and that was like viral but I'd, I've had viral tweets before, you know. <laughs> but it was just, I just thought it was just another daft video. Like, the Scottish Twitter's absolutely full of just like these iconic, just random, like fried videos that, Aye. you know, everyone loves. And I thought it's just one of them. But um, I've always been interested in filmmaking, and that's always what I've wanted to do. Right. But um, comedy's kind of a much easier way to get into it because it doesn't matter about your, like, uh, like, the production quality and shit with comedy. If it's funny, it's funny. So. And basically, I'd always wanted to put stuff out there, but just never really was confident enough. And after that, I thought I just sat down and wrote a script. I really like writing, so and particularly writing comedy. So I just like battered out a script, and I was like to my brother, "Why don't we film this?" And we got together. We so my brother Mark, um, who's in all the other, the videos as well, and my cousin Carlin, who films them all. She she pretty much does everything. Like mm-hmm. there's times where she's doing the sound and the camera and like the lighting. Like so, she does all the tech stuff for us. So we just got together and thought. Like fuck it, nothing to lose really. So, the comedy thing, the first video you're saying you put out, was that just kind of, was that by? Uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Or the term? This is brilliant for continuity <laughs> of the podcast, isn't it? <laughs> uh, but I'm, I'm trying to think what I mean. So obviously you put that video out, but had you been working on stuff or like studying film and that way before that? Well, uh, originally I went to college and uni. Dropped out of both of them within the first year. <laughs> then he finished the first year of it. I think I did six months at uni. Did media and I did uh, I did uh, television production in college. With both of them, I definitely learned a lot of valuable stuff, mm-hmm. but it just wasn't for me. You know, I, I think some people just like the higher education thing just doesn't. Right. I, I just I, I I couldn't deal with it. Like I'm, I'm pure no good at like meeting deadlines and like which is obviously no good when I'm trying to work to my end de- deadlines, make my own stuff, but. You know, it was just, I, I, I fucking hated it. And the only reason I went to Unity Day Media was I'd went to my careers advisor in school and uh, I said to him, I, I really wanted to film because I loved it. I did media studies at school and I thought it was the best subject ever. We just watched like Breaking Bad and then write essays about it and I thought, this is amazing. And uh, I said to him, I want to do film and he was like, 
listen, that's a bit unrealistic. Why don't we meet in the middle and you can apply for media media and communication? And I was like, at the time, I was like, aye, all right, this guy knows what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. And then I'm thinking back and I'm like, what? Like, aye. the fuck, meet in the middle with my future? It's not even <laughs> like, so I, I just hate that because I think there's definitely more people that will experience that like I did, like being discouraged to it and it's a bit like creative aye. really at all because obviously it is risky. Like, it's no, there's no kind of set pattern into getting a job out of it mm-hmm. it's, it's all about you as a person you know so but I, that, that really annoyed me so that's why I went to uni in the first place and then, then I had to go to marketing lectures and I had this fucking lecture where this woman was like it was like a room of like 318 year olds and she's doing a lecture on how to use a hashtag I'm like I, I fucking know how to use a hashtag like, I fucking invented it mate. No, my exactly. exactly so it, it was just I, I was like and after that lecture I was like ah, fuck this I'm off that's annoying that that's a bit unrealistic because I, I don't think it is if I say there was any aspiring filmmakers or anybody who's got that creative side if you were that that careers officer what would you have said to yourself like knowing what you know now how uh, would you have guided I would just say to them it's like it's no exactly a common path to go down so therefore people probably think it's harder and it, it is difficult mm-hmm. it, it is but I mean if you're I guess it's just like probably sounds cheesy but if you're like passionate enough about it and you just work hard at it like I think the things we, certainly with filmmaking whether it's actually making short films or even comedy like you just need to put your stuff out there it's because you, you you can't wait for permission to start mm-hmm. making stuff because then it'll take so long you might never get it like it's so hard to get funding for film and especially in Scotland like it's fucking awful like they don't fund it and, they, um, and like if you if you have to wait for that you're probably going to be waiting like years and years and it might put you off it completely so I'd just say start making stuff and even if it looks shite even if the production quality is awful even people always say this like even if you make it in your iPhone but really like that, that people make Glasgow video I filmed that all on my iPhone Aye. so like I I just said you just need to start making stuff and you need to find out what you want to do which obviously you don't know straight away in school like mm-hmm. it takes a while to work that out and I didn't either because I really thought I wanted to do film only like make like proper you know like dramatic films which I, I, I'm, right. I really still want to do one day but I mean right now I've worked out a kind of more steady path for it so how you're saying it's really difficult to get funding and it can be difficult to get into it so Tell me a wee bit, first of all, if you don't mind, about how you started working with BBC Scotland and also how, how that came about then, because if it is so difficult, it, I mean, obviously your content must stand out. Yeah, well, with BBC Scotland, so I do stuff, uh, we make stuff for a platform called Short Stuff, right. which is, um, they just post it on the BBC Scotland page, because you have like BBC Social, which is different, mm-hmm. and then with BBC um, Scotland, they basically mess a guy called Mark Bignall, who... Um, works at Short Stuff at BBC he DM'd me on Twitter he was like do you want to come in for a chat just talk about things you could do with us so me, Mark and uh, Carlin went in and pretty much said listen your content's great, I love it why don't we um, get you guys making some content for us mm-hmm. and you can get paid to do it as well it's like a small amount but it, you know, getting paid to make to do the thing you love it's definitely right. a massive like, kind of spurs you on it's to do it, it? Uh, it's, it's massively encouraging and uh, it was I it happened quite easily and fast when I know I know I've just said it's hard, but I mean it wouldn't happened if I didn't put the work into making stuff. We, like none of us were making uh, were making money for putting out all these mm. different videos. I think it was actually only our third video that we ever put out. I'm saying that we've known that I think we've done like eight in total. But um, like I think it was the third one we put out. It was like, when they reached out here. So was the third one people make Glasgow? It was. I. That's my favourite. <laughs> I think that's, that's everyone's favourite. I really cr- at the end especially. If you've not um, 
I'll talk about this in the intro, but if you've not watched the video, pause it, go and watch it, and then come back, because um, at the end, I don't even give any lines away, but it's the end bit, just has me screaming laughing, you've not seen it like a hundred times. Um, that, that one was mental, because it was just, I remember my phone like going off, just pure buzzing, I was like, that's the first time I was like, right, I need to just turn notifications mm-hmm. off, because I just put them on for people I follow, because otherwise it was just like, my phone was just freezing, I couldn't use Twitter. But it was, um, I feel like everyone, just see what everyone had seen it and like Lad Bible had shared it. Fucking, that's another story, <laughs> but they, they'd shared it and um, so then it got like 8 million views on theirs and then like 6 million views on our, our own production company, Blair's Facebook page, and I, it's just, it was insane. So, do you think, is that something that you think made people really sit up and take notice then that the content was like, is something interesting you said before we started recording was. Even if the production value isn't great, if the comedic content is there, then Aye, that's what really counts. I and I think people because we did two videos for that and they did quite well and people got a lot of views and people watched them. But you know, it was that one really kind of took it off to another level. And it's funny because the way I came up with it was I was genuinely just on my lunch break at work and I was sitting at George Square eating a Greg's. And then there was this American guy next to me and he was sitting with his phone like on WhatsApp, like sitting right next to me on the bench like. Said in that video to assume his family, and he was like, "I'm here in sunny Glasgow," and <laughs> he's, he's like, "The people are beautiful, the food's great," and I was just like, "Fucking hell, this!" Is... I always say like, the funniest thing is real life, so that's what inspires all it. Like, aye. here it is the funniest thing, and uh, I so when I put that on, it kind of when that video came, out, it kind of put us in a different position, and we we had like loads of people messaging us, like people people message DM me on Twitter like oh I just I live in Canada and I've just seen this and I love it it's so funny I'm showing all my workmates and like people then there was like this producer who um, asked to work with us on something all based on that she said let's come in mm-hmm. let's make a TV show and it was like well that we actually end up working with someone else but at the time it was just like insane amount of opportunities just is that a way that that happens with like one individual producer almost like an agent can I try and get you to work specifically with them or is it all is it competitive in that way? Well, I think so because I mean, think basically this this person that I'd worked with originally, who I'd met with originally, she'd said that um, oh she thinks we're so great and she wants to just get us to make a sketch show right away and she wants to pitch it to BBC. And in my head, I never wanted to make a sketch show, even though that sounds daft because I've written my day sketches, but I always wanted to do something a bit longer form, like like more like a sitcom mm-hmm. than a, a sketch show because I think sometimes you can kind of get pigeonholed with sketch shows and. That's just what you do. You do three seasons of a sketch show and then you don't really do other TV shows. So, and I thought it just like feel, felt a bit kind of throwaway of the characters, like the like characters that have got a lot more in them than just this one sketch. So, I basically I met another producer who um, really was keen on developing something a bit further, and then um, we kind of got going with that, and I started writing stuff for a, a longer form uh, like sitcom, mm-hmm. and. Uh, we just recently, a BBC gave us some money to shoot a teaser for it, like a, a pilot, but no for TV. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just uh, shot it just then, and we've put it back into them, and I'm, uh, we're going to meet them in the start of February to find out kind of how to progress it, how it's oh, going to progress. So, Excellent. yeah, was, and that's all came from just kind of chance meetings of people. So, I mean, it all really also stems down to just putting your stuff out there. Uh, exactly, like funny. I said, because that. That wouldn't get it wouldn't have got noticed otherwise. And actually, the producer that I'm working with now is a woman called Kathy Spears. So she's like a really experienced producer, and she has made a feature film called Moon Dogs right. um, in Scotland. It's it's 
very fucking difficult to make a film in Scotland because the funding is so sparse mm-hmm. and like so I, I definitely knew that I wanted to work with her and she was definitely really encouraging like I don't think we would have done any of them in the first place I actually met her where I, where I currently work she used to work in the same place so I'd actually met her before the videos right, okay. went out and I was like I want to do these videos but I don't know and like I'm so bad for that I'll never like de- like I have all these ideas and I never put them into practice and she sat me down and she made me like make a schedule and like say right you're going to put this film that video on that day put uh, put on Twitter on that day like and it really helped to have somebody kind of mentoring me through it so it's I know a lot of it might have just looked like daftly sketched made up but there was a kind of I would never have done it if I didn't have someone encouraging me mm-hmm. to do it because it is all I think it's all a confidence thing aye like uh, it's not easy to put stuff out there as well because no, I, I mean for every positive reaction you can get a hundred people saying this is brilliant uh, you get one person saying you're a prick mate and uh, it'll ring in your ears for like uh, for me anyway it rings no, for no, weeks no no same and I, I think you just need to get over that quite quickly when you're putting yourself out there because like I, I think originally I'd probably argued with a few people that had said something like I think a lot when I put out the People Make Glasgow video I got a lot of backlash for Rangers fans on Twitter which aye. I get all the time because I, I, I don't even honestly I'm not even a football fan in any way but um, do they think you're aligned with Celtic I think they probably do and I probably they have tweeted things like once I just tweeted like I want a lovely Celtic tap for my holidays even <laughs> though I don't watch football <laughs> I don't know I'm just I'm probably more drawn to Celtic side things which Obviously, shouldn't be involved in football, but because probably the political side of things, right, right. I align more with people that typically support Celtic okay. political views. But that's a you know a bit of a sweeping, sweeping statement. So obviously, mm-hmm. I don't really care at the yeah. end of the day. But I I got a lot of backlash for Rangers fans because basically the Sun had um, posted the People Make Glasgow video in an article, and they'd gave it a pure clickbait title, which I was so raging about at the time. They wrote. Uh, American tourist um, punched by Rangers fan and branded pedo. So straight away, I was fuck like, and they're at separate ends of the video. Of those two things, exactly. And it's like, and also, I just want to clarify for all the people that think I get punched. Then I get hit with a football. I don't Aye. know if you noticed that. Because people that. think, and people that like, you really get punched. I'm like, no, but no, I really get hit with a football. If anybody <laughs> hasn't watched the video, would you like to explain just the last wee bit in terms of the character, his naivety? And the, the line because it's hilarious. It's Aye. one of the funniest things I've ever seen. <laughs> so basically, at the end, the character I'm playing, which is like a pure naive American tourist, um, is seeing two boys playing football in the park. One of them is wearing a Rangers top. The other is wearing a Walter Smith top. But right. I mean, you can't even see it in the video, <laughs> which is really a loss. I know it's it a, a great T-shirt. <laughs> um, and basically, he's talking about them on his vlog, and he's um, he shouts over to them, uh, ah, up the ra." Um, which he thinks means like up the Rangers come on the Rangers which obviously means a totally different thing if you you know yeah and that therein is the hilarity because then they say what mate and then they throw the ball at him and I did get smacked and that was two takes of that ball thing so I got smacked first of all but it wasn't hard enough so I had to get smacked in the head again so you die for your heart that kind of makes me wonder though Whoever put that up for the sun either was being intentionally misleading. Absolutely. Oh, I, I thought it was real. I, no, I they definitely knew it wasn't real because when you click the article, it says it tells you all this, and then at the end it goes, "But all is not as it seems." It's actually Scottish comedian Paul Black, and I'm like, "I'll, I'll take that." Aye. Scottish comedian Paul Black. I've been called that before. I'll take that. Only my grand calls me a comedian. I, exactly. And I so I messaged them, 
and I was like, what's this about? And they're like, oh, sorry, someone must have accidentally, not accidentally, like someone must have went for a clickbait title. And I was like, can you change it? And they did. That's a disgrace. Especially I know, here. I, mean, I, I never even wanted to be in the sun. Aye. And that, that's the whole, mm-hmm. I guess, referring back to this uni lad, the uh, lad bible well, thing. Well, let, let's hear about that. So what was the lad bible thing? Did you not like so it? So be- <laughs> no, I'm not a fan. <laughs> and so basically they, when that video came out, like I said, loads of people were DMing us, like different media outlets, can we use this? Can we write an did article about this? Well... That's the story. Right, so basically, they'd, done it, they'd acquired it and they said, we'll sell it on to different people who want to buy it and we'll split it 60-40 in your favour. And I was like, you know what, I'm not making any money for it anyway. Sounds good. So I signed a contract. It was actually for Unilad, which is a separate thing for Lad Bible, but now Unilad's went into administration and they look the same oh, thing. Oh, really? So basically, I, I said to them, after like a month went by, I was basically like, oh, I heard I'm supposed to be getting paid for it. What's happening with that? And basically, they just kind of been like, "I sorry, we're still waiting for money to come in for the Sun." Because I was like, "I can see that you've sold it to the Sun and other outlets, and I've not received any payment." So I was like, "I'd forget about it." And then, like a month later, I would chase them up again and say the same thing. And then I was, uh, I was just thinking, Do you know what? I could just give up on this, but I just pure don't want it. Right. <laughs> like, I don't even care because it'll probably only be much money. But I'm like, it's the Sh- fucking prince. Obviously, I wanted the two hundred quid. I got at the end. Two hundred quid's a lot of money. <laughs> and I was like, but. At the time, I was like, it's fucking the principle. They just, they, all they do is, they don't do it creative themselves. I know. They, they take other people's content. Most of the time, don't pay pay them. Say they'll pay them, and then they basically just ring them around. When you chase up, they put post, uh, like refer you to somebody else, and they'd be like, this person's dealing with it out and back. And then every time I'd speak to a new person, they would just start from the beginning and say, so mm. can you tell me what the issue is? How, how do you go into administration if you're just an aggregator of content? Because you don't do I, I don't know. Like, I, that's what the eventual told me. So it was in December this year, so that's from May when the video went out to December. They eventually agreed. I said, listen, and I actually just... So I actually tweeted about it saying, listen, this is the final thing I'm going to say about this. Shall I... Chase them up, or shall I just get on with my life? You actually, you think you replied? So get your fucking get money. your money. That's your so cash. So I did, and I was like, and I just said, I tweeted about them, which they saw. I tagged them in it, tagged the sun in it, because I thought, you know, if I'm going to be petty, I'm going to go all the way. Aye. And then I, I sent them an email and said, I'll have to take like legal action. Obviously, I'm no fucking going to do that. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'll get the time on it. I, like, I don't care, fuck. Like, I, I don't care that much. But then it's just saying, I think the company, I don't know what one it was that scared them into doing it, and the guy was just like. Send me an invoice for on twenty quid, um, and I was like, two hundred quid a minute ago. Eventually, I got paid it two days ago. Did you? Like, I got they agreed to pay me, and it was like waiting, and basically, it was in my PayPal account. And I was uh, like, I just can't be arsed with this. Like, it's such I can't believe that they, they their business runs on this, like using people's ideas right. and not giving them credit. That's Didn't shocking. even credit me originally, <sighs> and it's like I don't know how the people can feel good about doing that. Like, you're just exploiting people completely. I get just and they're making money off it, which is the worst thing. Like they're making money off it and no paying other people. Boohoo.com paid me money they do. I seen your tweet about that uh, actually. That's decent. I know because they used my tweet because I said if anybody's, it's not even that funny. But I thought <laughs> I I'm not letting you fucking use that and like getting all sorts of uh, traction off it and I'm not getting anything. If anybody's seen the Netflix series You. I said, I said, you on Netflix is mental, but my first thought is that lassie needs to shut her curtains. Absolutely true, my it first thought true, as well. Like, Ridiculous. 
walking about that massive New York see apartment she, with no uh, curtains. See if she was just taking one of the blinds, right? Three uh, for ninety nine pound. Exactly. <laughs> like ninety nine pounds. And if she can afford that gaff. Well, see, I never finished that. I don't know if she's actually got uh, financial problems or something. They kind of alluded to that, but if she's got sorry. a gaff that size. I'm sure she exactly. can get a pair of. She would have saved herself know? a whole lot of hassle. She would have saved herself no. a phone. She had exactly. to buy a new phone. And you, exactly. And the fact that she couldn't see everybody standing right in front of her big massive fuck off bay windows. I know. Unrealistic. Like, do you know what? Just to kind of welcome back to how I became an influencer. Yeah, now of course. Collaborating with Boohoo. But um, do you know what else annoyed me about that? She would text him and his phone would be like ping. Uh-huh. And he's like fucking two feet away. I'd hear that. And she, never, she would never even notice. Like, uh-huh. oh, he's wearing the hat like he's not. I know, it was pure uh-huh. Noah inappropriate disguise. That, that annoyed me. I was quite raging a tree or a pole. I know. It's just not realistic. I love p- fucking picking stuff apart And also, like that. he <laughs> smashed her... I don't know if you're this far in, but he smashes her pal in the back of the head with a rock in no. Central Park at like 2pm. Have you ever been in Central Park? I have, I. It's, it's absolutely chock a So you're telling me he would be able to just smash somebody with a brick? Aye. Fuck no, off. We're not having it, you. I know. Anyway, <laughs> boo-hoo. He paid me £50. Oh. In vouchers, but so I'm just giving him away. But still, I still won. Do I get a podcast giveaway? I know. I met, well, I've gave it to somebody now, so... Oh, you fucked it. So you, you didn't think long enough on that. If I was more savvy. Um, so do you think social media, then, is a massive influence now in what type of content comes up? Because obviously, like, say, that Glasgow video, they, the amount of people that have messaged me today to tell you how much they love your videos... Oh, really? And especially saying, stop filming me, Courtney, is their favourite thing. Yeah, I say it all the time. If anybody's got a camera out, I'm always like, stop filming. Like, it's just, it's one of the things that just, it becomes ingrained in like Aye. Scottish part. But obviously, do you think then, let's just say social media didn't exist and you weren't getting all this, all these retweets and all this interaction, do you think it would have been as simple a route into the BBC or do you think they are now really listening to what young people are, are into? But absolutely would not be anywhere near as easy. I don't even know how the fuck I'd go about doing it <laughs> if I didn't have social media. Because like, what would I go doing with a wee tape? I'd be like, <laughs> Listen, fuck the tapes. If anyone uses tapes, but go doing with like, I've got my laptop here. Aye, go I'm going to just watch this and be like, fuck off. So I actually don't. I know the, there's a thing called BBC Writers Room, and I don't know how long it's been gone for. But that kind, I know that people work with that to see new writers and stuff. Mm-hmm. But that's the thing I don't, I don't have any idea what, what I would have done, uh, done but they, they definitely do use social media now and there's that sort of thing where it's like the people behind not just BBC like different online platforms it's like young people are always the target audience mm-hmm. well pretty much all the time because I guess that's that's the future and that's where money is and for them it's like they, if they can tap into something that they know a young audience is engaging with then they're, they're happy about that and they want to pursue that further so right. I think they definitely look to social media and to, to find the next thing that they want to work on but it can be you know like sometimes I think it can be a bit tone deaf I, I told you before before we were recording about me working with an online platform that I won't name Yeah, this is before I'd made any of my videos um, with BBC short stuff and I had went in for a meeting basically I decided I want to start making stuff and it's actually a, ser- a series that I'm doing now of series of vlogs called um Sad way at talking about mental health, um, that'll be putting up soon on Twitter and YouTube. Um, so I'd went and met with a producer and I'd sent her an example 
of a kind of vlog that I would do and it was basically me going through my Instagram writing like pictures of me when I was in like New York and I was like at Times Square and I was like that looks like the fucking best photo ever I looked like I'm having the time of life I was, I was so depressed <laughs> and, like, it's pure no real life and I was just making fun of myself basically Aye. and like saying like I edited that to fuck like that wasn't even in the background like stuff like that and I was just making fun of myself Aye. and then she was like we like that and the pre- I'll never get over what the producer said to me when she went uh we really loved your video like it was very funny but if we could have she essentially said if we could have less jokes uh, more jokes and less about the mental health mm. then I think that would really bring this to life How and straight away was that? that was about a year and a half ago because I, I feel like I'm very wary of my words here I feel there is a certain degree in mainstream media that is a bit bandwagony uh, when yeah, it comes absolutely. to the mental health aspect would you agree? I definitely agree with that it's so obviously it is an important thing that we're talking about I've seen you, like you yourself have been talking about it on Twitter and there's a lot of things recently about um, you know different like alcohol and its effects on your mm-hmm. mental health and it does seem like because I read someone once tweeting like mental health's like the buzzword of 2017 or something and I was like when it was 2017 right. and I thought I kind of get what you mean but at the same time if we're talking about it we're talking about it Exactly. I don't really care about their agenda even though it's wanky and it's shitey them and for doing that but like, if we're talking about it we're talking about it it's a brave thing see to, with the the Instagram thing so is that is that true like you're looking through things aye, that were genuine, genuine. Aye. did you watch um, have you watched that fire festival documentary aye, aye, it's amazing. did you see that class in it aye. see that guy talking about when he had to go and get the Evian water <laughs> I was like first I never laughed because I went wait a minute <laughs> nice. and I paused it and I was like fuck that, he can't be is that a joke and he was and just so deadly serious when he's like, telling you that like, I was so ready, ready to I go jumped, I took a shower, <laughs> I had some mouthwash. <laughs> the ready to suck a dick. <laughs> I was like, brutal. Um, but at the end of that, one of the guys is showing his Instagram. Because you know how at the end it's quite poetic where they're Aye. like, this is a guy who's trying to portray this lifestyle that doesn't exist. Aye. And that's quite symptomatic of our generation anyway, I would say, in the whole Instagram Absolutely. fad. Um, but there was a guy who's like, oh, I was taking pictures of these beaches, and he's like, I was crying all day that day. I'm like, oh, this is me like at a boat party. He's Aye. like, I was ill because I thought I was, was going to lose my house or something. Aye. So I think that's quite, that's brave because if you, if you're doing that, it'll, I think it'll make people feel better Aye. about maybe a facade they've tried to create, and I don't mean Aye. that in a, um, like a sort of. Why am why am I just forgetting words? Like I just forgot how to speak English. Like criticising. Aye. Um, that will probably inspire people to maybe not inspire well, them, but maybe they'll look they'll stop beating themselves up about life not being perfect. Or aye, that, like maybe it's see with that that fire documentary. I thought it was really interesting because I just thought the full time you're watching it, you're like this story's mental, but it is really making a huge point about aye. social media. Then I didn't really realise that till um, at the end. It's showing you the bit we like Bella Hadid and all these like Victoria's Secret models aye. and like. It's just like this total. They totally had the angle on this isn't real life. Like they actually made an entire thing that wasn't real and advertised it and sold it. See, to be honest, I don't feel sorry for the victims there because they're all just if they could afford to and off going for a ticket. Fucking blink one eight two. Are you mental? I don't. Oh, I can't believe you've just said that to me. I blink one eight two is biggest fan. Oh yeah, shit. You just right. thought I was just going to nod and agree there. No, well, we'll move on. We'll move on. <laughs> Let's not talk about this. He's just taking a knife out, so I just want to get this on, on audio in case anything happens to We're going to pretend that doesn't happen, we're getting along fine. But in, in, the, th- right, but in the grand scheme of it, though, it is quite mental, because to, to be paying that, just a blank one out too. I know. 
I know in like major laser, like, I mean, it's no too fucking. I, I didn't. I love. I'm saying I'm like one of two's big fan. I wouldn't fucking pay a hundred quid to see him in the hydro because I've had six dollars. So aye, and if you get two and a half grand to spend on a ticket, then your fucking fault. It does seem like we fudge. So that's quite ju- judgy of me, but they no, did. I know. But sometimes it's deserving. So <laughs> that's one thing. So you'll be talking about, um, you know, going through your Instagram and kind of basically tearing apart that facade, like. Because absolutely, I know that I have. Um, I'll probably talk about this more in the video I do on the Sadwick series on uh, social media. It's one of the topics that I'm going to cover. But I definitely have a massively unhealthy relationship with social media. Oh, like, me too. like, and I think we all do. Like, I used. To, I remember used to when I first joined Twitter, I would see people and I'm like, fucking hell, they tweet a lot. And like, you'd go into their likes and Twitter, and it's like they're liking something every two seconds. And I'm like, ah, I'm not good. Oh, yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. me. That's me. And I remember taking a step back and looking at, it and I'm like. I'm no, I'm kind of learning a bit more about it now. I'm, I feel kind of a bit distant towards it, mm-hmm. but I would, I would definitely look, be like, see, even with the videos, like when I'd say one got more likes than the other, I'd be pure like, oh, like I would take that into account so much, like I would, I would let that affect the way I think about making something else, Aye. and like, oh, maybe this bit wasn't funny, maybe people didn't get that, and like. I, I, I genuinely 100% admit that I would care about likes like obviously still now it's nice because people see it and I want more people to see it more than it and so the views are good for that and it's weird for me because social media it's it can be very damaging but also obviously has mass, that has massively helped me gain a career like, so it's a kind of catch 22 with that because if I didn't have it I wouldn't have like be working on towards the career that I am Aye. now it's but, such a double edged sword I think with something that's it is relatively recent um, and I think it's it's managing to make it work for you because it can open it can do a lot for you um, no matter who you're um, and Absolutely. it is a positive thing but I suppose it's just the same way in it I don't believe Aye. in the extremes like it's either black or white I think there's Aye, areas no, people definitely. saying it's amazing or it's terrible like, I think it's a mix of both but then is everything no a mix of both true no I, I agree like I, I think there's like a good aspect of social media is that I've actually met like for example I wouldn't be here today if I didn't have Twitter and if you didn't have Twitter you know like so like I've met a lot of people and interesting people people that I've worked with and people that have you know like shared it's definitely a good way to kind of meet meet new people and I but also then there's the aspect of it's not really real life I know but I mean here we, we, we've met in real life now but I mean I like there's so many people that I feel that like I know but I actually don't at all but it's just because social media and because I use it so much but I think I think it's definitely Instagram I think I read an article about Instagram being the worst for your mental health and I think all that right. makes sense because obviously names is going to be post like you just wouldn't post when you're, ha- you're fucking having a really bad day or you're really depressed you're not posting what you look like and you like you, or when you don't feel confident about your appearance or something you're not posting a selfie so obviously right. I understand that but it's it's definitely selling things in real like there's a picture on my Instagram that I took when I was in Venice recently in a hostel and it's just like a mirror selfie right it's a very one off mirror selfie I know it's probably too recently I can't even I'm not going to get any mirror selfies but um, I'd taken it and there's like these wooden beams behind me and uh, I told my pal they were like oh that's so like aesthetically pleasing because it's like a rainbow and I was like I just photoshopped in Nora Brown <laughs> and I'm like how meant was that that I just thought I want to make this picture that look cooler better. but I mean I like I like doing graphic design and stuff Aye. and I'm int- I like making things aesthetically pleasing mm-hmm. like I'm into like I like photography and I like cinematography so like there's an aspect of that and then another aspect I'm like am I doing this to appear cooler by actually editing my background so it looks <laughs> like it's slightly more exciting <laughs> see then again 
I think like with social media, like Instagram, like your Instagram, your Twitter, your Facebook, or whatever, it is like an extension of yourself. It's Aye. like a representation of yourself. So I think to kind of put it in different terms, say you bumped into somebody in the street and they're like, "You're having a shit day." Aye. And they're like, how you doing? You're like, aye, smashing, good. Aye, absolutely. And it's kind of the same as well, I suppose. I mean, there's obviously there's mad unhealthy extremes where people try to convince themselves of the world and other stuff. Good luck with that issue, aye, mate. Aye, that's, that's, that's another issue, I think. That's, that's best something. of luck with that, but aye. I kind of get it. The thing I think that gets a lot of people is, let's just say you go down your, your Instagram feed or your Explore page, you'll see one person with a Rolex, maybe. Aye. One other person might be in, I don't know, New York, and another person... Might be, I don't know, buying a, like a Mercedes, a new Aye. car, and you're seeing all these things, and you're going, I've got neither, I've got none of these things, Aye. and I'm sitting in George Square with like sausage roll flakes to me, listening Aye. to an American guy talking on the phone, and it's quite easy to then look at all that stuff, and in that moment, you're like, well, I've not done any of these mad things, but somebody could have saved Aye. up for a year for the car. Aye, I know. The, there's the there's no context to it. And Aye, exactly. So, uh, you, it completely, it's a warped view of reality. And I think that's obviously not like a groundbreaking statement. I know a lot of people Aye. do that, but know that even, but it doesn't stop us from feeling a certain oh, exactly. way about it. I know that, but I'll still start, like, I think my life's quite decent. Like, I, I'm pleased with it. But there'll be times I'll come off Instagram and I'm like, Fucking hell, I need to go to the gym or something. Like, you just feel. Do you think that? Genuinely, <laughs> no, is that what you think? Do you know what I mean? But when you see people. <laughs> but something else, maybe a better example, then they're like, oh, I need to try and get this thing. Because it's quite. I don't know, it's it, it just kind of bombards you and it goes into your subconscious. I think people don't realise how powerful your subconscious is. Aye. It's like 90. Again, this me just making my fucking wild statements and passing it off as fact. But it's yeah, it. a large portion of your mind is all subconscious Aye. so you're not actually aware or regulating what's going in Aye, so you're seeing these images and that comparison culture is is impossible to avoid Aye, no, absolutely and I even date with my own stuff I, I make like I, if I'm like there's other people that are doing stuff you know that like is doing is more successful and I'm like will I ever be on that level will I you know kind of what if I don't get further this into the career that I actually want to mm-hmm. and I think a lot of it comes down to this the whole kind of it affects your self esteem with social media obviously and then in turn that affects me putting out stuff because it, it, like I say it's totally do with confidence and like see the, the first Ghost Boy video we made not the one for the state of it the like we did one before it was our second yeah. video call, um, call me fucking Ghost Boy uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love just laughing at stuff that I've written and made when people talk about it I'm like I good one but um, I, so th- when I put that one out so basically we'd filmed all day for it it was like one of the longest shoots we've ever done and uh, basically we went home Carla and had edited it and she showed me it and I just watched it and I went absolutely fucking not there's no way I'm posting that I'm like it's just no funny oh, so and I was funny. so like I was so paranoid and I was like I was just like we're not posting it and she's like Paul I've just sat and fucking edited that we're fucking posting it whether you like it or not and I was like I just basically what me and my brother are talking about this a lot of thing we'll do is we'll put when we put it out we'll just turn like, our phones off and like no look at our phone for it and then come back and be like oh people like it and again people probably think that's a bit deep of a thought for just these things that they just see in passing but you know I I really want to make it as good as I can I want to you know I want to impress people with it I want people to take it seriously probably as well because people in Scotland and Glasgow especially they don't mess about with their opinions they don't like it they'll tell you but I kind of I like that in a way but also, I seen a tweet the other day and it was because I'm always saying as well that uh, people you know it's, you can't do it in Scotland with somebody making fun of you but somebody <laughs> I think the tweet was basically like um, do, you always, read, do you want me to get it? Uh, I can't get it I'm for, for, do you know what I'm talking about? Aye uh, 
dress like giant maybe well, I don't want to even say it I know the last thing that tweeted it name drop I'll read this tweet right read yeah. this, the tweet so this is so it was from pcon666 no just three sixes did I say three six anyway pcon shout out to pcon my friend had tweeted Scottish bloggers are always greeting like oh you, you can't do it in creative in Scotland without being called already mate I know plenty of actors writers musicians artists who get by fine have you ever considered that you may in fact just be a ready and I was like that's fucking true but I do say that a lot because it does apply in certain uh-huh. in certain circumstances because it is totally it's a, a culture we have in Scotland if you're doing anything a wee bit out of the ordinary Aye. Um, people are just like what do they think they're doing you know just doing the norm and it's just make fun of them and I actually pure love that about how we can make fun of each other and it's like there's definitely other cultures that would be a lot more offended but so I think it's alright like it just depends on the circumstance, I guess. I think this is going to sound a bit hypocritical, but when it is really good, I think it deserves. Well, no, if anybody puts it out there to a degree, I think it deserves a level of respect because Aye. it's basically saying, well, I've created something, here you go. Like, please, Aye. I'm begging you, don't slaughter me, but you might do. And see, the thing is, the, I think it's rare that something gets absolutely only negative feedback, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, depends what it is, but like, Aye. if it's someone putting themselves out there, you know. There will be some kind of support, so I think you just need to take the bad with the good way. And but see, I think for me, I, I love when people are doing it. And if someone says to me, like even when, when I seen that you're doing this podcast, I was like, that's amazing. I just love when people are doing things. I just go like, for going it because I know people. It's like I said, you have ideas and think that'd be good, and then you just don't do it. And I just love like see when any of my pals that are making music or making films or you know like getting any anything that they're passionate mm-hmm. about that it takes a bit more to put yourself out there today right. and it, when you have to share something with the world like I'm just like I just you just need to fucking support your pals and like go to their gigs and aye definitely like, buy their shite I've no been shite. You, aye, <laughs> I've been really encouraged like with this like, this is just a wee small daft thing but uh, I, the amount of support even for people I don't know uh, has been amazing I've been like oh fuck cause I it's, it's so reassuring and it makes you feel so like I can do that. Because I said in the first episode to Chris, Chris was like, oh, I get bad, re- Chris McQueer, a bit bad reviews ah, yeah, 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 and getting pillars. And I said, well, at least you're getting fucking paid for it. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm just getting pillars and essentially <laughs> I am like money down because I've paid to like start getting Aye. this one. Um, it's true, but that, that's the thing you need to start where you, you're not making it and you, until you get to a point where you are. Aye. But I think that's definitely, there's a respect there. And she does a perfect example of that is look at Billy Conley. Aye. So for me, Billy Conley is like Emperor of Scotland, whatever Aye, he I says goes love for it. Like, love the guy so much. Aye. But when he started out and he was working in the shipyard, so you're talking like, I don't know if it was the 60s and the 70s, like, uh, did you see the Billy Conley program on the BBC? Scotland, and he was talking about. So he was wearing like mad flamboyant outfits and aye. long hair and playing, was it the band? He plays the banjo. Aye, aye. And people are like, look at the fucking status, aye. look at your hair. And they absolutely slaughtered him. Aye. And now he's he's the gospel. And aye, exactly. Just, I know, it just the tons of room down to like that. And, and it's just an example of if you believe in what you're putting out, if aye. you're comfortable with your image, like, go with it. Don't listen aye. to anybody else. Like, see, I remember noticing like, Paul Dock on Twitter, he used to put pa- Paul Dock, I love you, mate. I'm, you need to come on I this know, podcast. We all love him. A fellow Paul of Twitter, but um, he had been putting out. I followed him. I followed him before he was big. <laughs> but like, I remember him. He put out, definitely put out loads of videos before they actually like caught on. Aye. And like, they probably didn't get many likes. And now he's like fucking massive. Everyone knows Paul Dock and loves him. So Aye. like, I, it's. I just, I guess, but getting an eventually people, I think as well, that's the thing to be said about if people, if people aren't engaging with it initially, just keep fucking putting stuff out, Aye. and then they do eventually. Aye, eventually they will. So to move kind of back to 
the production company because we've just sat and spoke rubbish. I enjoyed it, <laughs> but we just talked rubbish for ages. True. So tell me a bit about your production company and it's who you you run that with. So I set up basically before I even put out that first video called Charity. Um, I said, right, let's make a production company. Let's set it up. We'll make a page on Facebook, and we'll just put everything creative we do because. Me and Carla went to college together and we've mm-hmm. made loads of, we've made like music videos and short films so I was like let's just have a place where we just put out our, our kind of creative content mm-hmm. um, so we set up a production company called Pity Party find it on Facebook give it a like yeah sure <laughs> and, and they, aye, so then we we use that pretty much to put everything that we do on and it's myself um, my cousin Carla who I've mentioned about a hundred times because mm-hmm. she literally does everything and doesn't she's get any credit because she doesn't get any credit because she's not in front of the camera ah, so um, I, her and my brother Mark we decided to do that and we've made um, from since doing that we've made like about eight sketches some with um, BBC Scotland and we've met, we shot a short film and we've just shot that teaser there so mm-hmm. Um, I would kind of just I wanted to just get that set up so there was a kind of it seems more professional you know and, mm-hmm. and, and if, once you register that as like an official company it Aye. can be like you can use it when you're developing films and stuff and um, the producer that I mentioned earlier Cathy Spears she has her own production company called Uphelia Films or is it just Uphelia sorry Cathy if you're listening <laughs> um, and basically that that way we can like make the two production companies work together when you approach like a producer or something Aye. or a, a, like a commissioner and you can basically run them together because you always need more than one when you're making a film or something Right, okay. uh, it's just the way it works but I so I thought it would be a good way to start up we, and we had nothing to lose really mm-hmm. we just thought it was something we wanted to do and we're, we're going to just actually just hit the bullet and do it probably puts you in a more direct mindset as well because if you've got an actual it's not just you and your brother and your cousin uh, it's like an actual company and you just happen to be uh, related have, like, have you always had that creative because like looking for seeing videos like and stuff you put up it seems as if these are quite close but as if you had a bit of a, like a madhouse growing up just for, that's kind of like the outside <laughs> looking in no I absolutely and I'm wondering like did that then were you always just carrying on kind of making daft stuff and did at some point did you go let's actually start recording this how did I that happen we, me and my brother like I said me and Carlin went to college we made creative uh-huh. stuff anyway so that was one side me and Carlin right. partnering up doing stuff um, but it was never comedy like we made like documentaries not like just random short stuff that we did throughout our college and just in our spare time so that was one side and then me and Mark I guess we've all just kind of seemed like a double act and maybe just like our family uh-huh. like, and our family always found us dead funny and then on cue, the barman started absolutely shaking some cocktail thing. Uh, so we took a wee two-second break, but we picked up where we left off. Um, if the barman's listening, mate, you are really violently shaking that thing. Is everything all right? Just give me a shout if you need to talk, eh? Aye, so we might be like a, a double act, I guess, to our family. We also were funny. And we just... We'd, I guess we'd just do things. I have just like memories of us like choreographing a, a team of middle aged women doing the slosh at like a family's fiftieth. <laughs> like I just think we enjoyed it and we I think we both kinda of just bounced off each other well. Aye. We're saying that so I that was the other side of it and then we kinda of combined them both mm-hmm. and it, it worked out well. But there's definitely something to be said about what it is like working with your family because the way I, I like we the reason we probably made like we probably would have made double the amount of content we've made if it, we weren't brothers because we literally like fight like 
we fight like na- nobody else. Like I would, na- and I would. I think it's because we speak to each other in a way you would never speak to anybody else in Aye, a professional environment. So it's no. And like Carlin as well. Like what? Like like I'm as close to her as I am my brother. And like grown up, we've we we'll just like if we're on a shoot and like someone fucks something up. If a runner had forgot to bring an SD card for the camera, you'd be like, right, don't worry, just go and get it. If I forget to bring an SD card <laughs> three times in a row. Then they're like, you're an arsehole, you've ruined their lives essentially. So, like, there's definitely <laughs> a different level of Aye. professionalism. Again, another example of like, a double edged sword, then, because on one hand, it's like you're getting stuff done, Aye. standards are high, but on the other hand, you're getting Aye. called an arsehole because you forgot a piece of plastic. Three times in a row. Three times in a row. But yeah, listen, like an it arsehole, happens. Right, you know? Do you know what? Why is it my responsibility? I mean, it is. <laughs> but none of them thought about it. That's true. And that's why it's great to see when we get to work on things that are a bit more professional, like when uh-huh. we get to work with a crew. So, this teaser thing was just shot for BBC. There was. I got to get some actors in and I got to get, like, we had, like, a runner and we had a camera guy uh, mentor, mentoring Carlin while she was doing the camera uh-huh. and we had a sound guy and we had an editor and, like, it just felt great because I'm like, this is how it should feel. Like, mm-hmm. it's no stressful. But then at the same time, it doesn't have that kind of... It's still obviously really fun, but I mean, like, when we're messing about doing it just with us, it feels like that That was the thing that it was. It was its own kind of... I don't know, it was its own kind of era of Aye. making stuff, just us. But, um, of course, I want to work with professional crews because it means I don't need to fucking deal with it. Because I direct them and write them, uh-huh. and I'm acting in them. Writing the theme tune, singing the theme, full blown. I also got to see. I was making reference, and people don't get it. Thank no, fuck for that. But I, so like, I, I, it's hard to focus on all the things, and when you have Aye. people, you know, helping you, it's great. Speaking of then professional crews and stuff, you've recently been involved in new BBC comedy, the state of it. Yes. Fab Florence running it. Tell me a bit about that. So I'd um, basically I'd met Joe Hooley, the producer of he made Make Scott Squad. So Joe had messaged me originally me and Martin asked us to come in and do I think that's how we first met uh, to do an audition for Scott Squad. Um never heard anything back for that, but that's fine. <laughs> um, and then we um, I had one as well, don't worry. Oh He's just nice to Actually, do you know what, Joe? You're not coming on. I know, he's, he's using us to make pals. <laughs> he's like, I come, Scott Squad, just to humour us. Um, but I, then after that, we hadn't heard anything back then. He was like, do you want to come in, make another thing with Robert, Robert Florence? He basically told us the kind of premise there, and I was like, aye, of course. And we went in for a meeting in, um, at the comedy unit, who, you know, make up most of aye. most things you've seen in Scottish comedy. And the it was quite I, I remember the first time we were there it was actually quite exciting because it was like they basically have this like wee waiting room outside and it's got like all these canvases up the stairs right. and it's like Lemmy's well, show and style game and like everything and you're like oh this feels pure feels exciting to be there uh-huh. and then uh, when we but it's in Rock it's in Mary I Hill know, I was just about to say they probably don't like it's Mary a warehouse Hill. in Mary Hill but um, aye so we went there and then we, we had a meeting and Joe said is there anything you want to do I quite like the ghost boy character I think it's got more life in it and I was like I want to hit <laughs> like so, I was just like, all right. So he was like, come up with some ideas and like just kind of on the spot. And I was like, I've been thinking about about that ID documentary, and I showed them it. So I officially that is what that's based on the state of it thing. Um, and he was like, great, let's let's just write something for me. So went away and I wrote a script and uh, I sent it back to him. And he basically asked me to write just like six scenarios where I would just. Like where we wouldn't do a full script because I think a lot. I think with Scott Squad, it's I, like the, maybe it's like we do sometimes use a, a script as a kind of like wire frame and then we just improvise loads of shit, which can yeah. all, often end up way funnier. 
but um, so that, that's what we did and then on the day Joe kind of was just like okay let's film this let's film that let's just do loads of random shit and yeah and then we uh, next time I seen it um, you know it was I'd seen it once and then it was on TV and I was like smashing because it went it went down well it was used essentially as a preview for, uh, yeah, for uh, the show which that is that was quite reassuring aye, uh, that's to, a, it's a compliment yeah absolutely to, put, to have it on before the actual show and it was good because I, I didn't I hadn't seen anything else for the show first of all and I, I, didn't, I thought I was just going to be seeing it all at once at TV, on, when it was on TV but um, just found out it's been commissioned for a series which is great so when does that start when can people see that no idea no. but um, I think I don't know when they'll start working it but um, so, you know, hopefully we'll be doing more work on that did you know that Rob Florence and Ian Connell wrote for Tune the Fat I have no idea. Right, okay, well, so I get to be the one to tell you that they were the ones who wrote, see the teacher like, you Tracy Snedden. Ah, it's you, my favourite tune, uh, I do that all the time. You can talk about Chewing it? gum. <laughs> you know, you can that gypsy's haircut. There's, <laughs> gypsy's fucking, haircut. there's loads there's of them. One. You can talk to me like that when you bring a decent bag to school. Uh, <laughs> I was just like, when the one goes, she's talking about the Virgin Mary and she's like, Miss, are you a virgin? <laughs> she's like asking questions of the like. I love that, I didn't know that was there. That was them. They wrote, oh, I can't remember what other ones they wrote, but they definitely wrote that. And I, I, I couldn't believe that. And then now, because all I watch is Tune the Fat Still Gaming Limit, uh, as sad as that sounds. No, and I've absolutely. now noticed the, how many Ian Connell's name uh, and, and the credits, credits as, as writers. Have you had any like people in the industry get in touch saying that they like your work, or have you kind of struck a relationship up with anybody? Um, I there was a few like Robert Florence, right. Rab Flo. I don't, I don't know. I don't what, know I, I, if you're listening, I, I'm calling you Rab. <coughs> See, Rab, Mister Florence. <laughs> I would never be that disrespectful. Um, no, but I, I kind of <laughs> think like. His name's Robert, but his pal's called him Rab, but I'm not his pal. I don't know him. I know, but see, I was in his new TV show, so I'm practically his pal, and I've met him once, because he was sitting on my jacket in the comedy unit, and I was like, oh, sorry, mate. And he was like, oh, it's alright, nice to meet you. And I shake, <laughs> so I am calling him Rab. Anyway, he told me that he really liked my stuff, and obviously that was that, and he followed me, and it was like, my compliment. There was a few other, uh, Greg, I think it's Greg McHugh. Greg McHugh, yeah. I followed me on Twitter as well, but he's never interacted with it and I've done, but I'm like, mm-hmm. he knows. He knows, right. He knows what's happening. But, um, <laughs> and then the best one ever was when the People Make Glasgow video came out. Like, I just basically turned my notifications off to only people I follow, and mm-hmm. I went out, me and my pals just on the polo dance floor, and I look at my phone, and it just says, Daft Limmy, or whatever he was called at the time, buy my tickets at the fringe, or whatever. <laughs> Some <Aye. laughs> retweeted your tweet, and I was just because that's the ultimate that is the ultimate the ultimate my ultimate hero and I was like no way and I was just like to my pal just pure screaming there pure booming music I was like fucking love it <laughs> my pal was like no way and I'm sending it into my family group chat sending it to Mark like look at this and then I got another one and he'd quote tweeted the Ghost Boy video and he's like this is so bang on so accurate and I was just pure nearly fucking great and I was replying to him I was just sending it replying to him like ha 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 like just some pat I was gaining him some patter as if I wasn't sitting there pure freaking out I, like, I was like this is, I mean, this is like the best I could ask for because definitely the people that influenced me Lemmy is number one like I don't find anyone on earth as funny as him and his stuff's weird and I love it and it's like and I love even these live streams that he do, does is like the oh, funniest so funny. thing ever like that um, see the roast chicken I watched oh, that I, and was I watched that crying, in watching I was that. screaming and it made people if you don't find them funny you won't get no, it no see that's a criteria for me when I meet somebody <laughs> <laughs> see when you meet I meet somebody new 
and if I if like I don't I don't meet new pals and give them a criteria, but see if I find out they don't like Lemmy, it's just pure honestly. I'm not even joking here. I'm not trying to be funny. I I just thought I have this like they're one for watching. So I'm like it's just not possible not to find yeah, Lemmy the funny. Funniest guy ever. Yeah. I like just I always just hunt for stuff. There's another thing. Um, have you heard? Did you hear him on? Uh, Richard Herring's Leicester Theatre podcast. I haven't listened to it yet. So he's done two, right? But seen the second one, he's basically talking about met so and so at a charity day once. Uh, down there, and very funny. And he kind of explained the part and what it was. And then he's like, saying, he says, I hope when I die, people say it to my girlfriend and like my young son, like, <laughs> oh, I met your man at a charity day. That's what you need. I know. And he's saying like, and then the thing. So I was listening to this like when I was at shopping like a supermarket, and he's like saying. Like, it'd be funny if I was like had a pure violent death like my head stamped <laughs> in off me guys <laughs> and, like, I was just in tears anybody that doesn't find them funny I don't get it either because whatever he puts but out I like, feel like maybe I'm fucking biased because Lemmy could be eating and I'm like even if it's straight away I'm just like ah, that's mental I don't even know what's going on but I still enjoy it like he just... does and I love when he just writes like when, even when he talks that is a big thing as well him talking about his mental health aye. Is, is amazing and it's funny because he'll write these like like 20 tweets in a row talking about the same t- subject and he's literally saying like I was ready to jump off a bridge and then he'll have a wee joke in it and it's like there's just that's, that's what I mean with the sad weight stuff uh-huh. like I'm, I'm talking about serious issues but it's also like, you, you, the personality shining through is, it makes Altuated it really interesting a bit of humour aye and it makes it fucking easier to you know kind of get to grips with I think and understand aye it's, there's obviously been a lot of people that have kind of helped break the stigma and make it a conversation that, that opens up uh, or that has opened up over the past but let me is one because I mean where's far back even as far back as I think like 2013-14 he was kind of talking about it which aye, even back like then it was a lot more of a stigma because no, no, things are changing about it so rap- like it's, oh, in recent years it's quite a rapid change to it aye. so definitely it wasn't as widely talked about on social media as it is now when he started doing it and it's I remember really him saying things I remember thinking that's great that aye. you're talking about it but I did think <sighs> Uh, oh, do you really want to be talking about that? Because in that sort of ignorant mind frame, I was like, oh, just in case people maybe try to hold it against him, or I thought maybe I'd been a wee bit too personal. Now I'm like, that's amazing that he's aye, done that. Like, aye, no, absolutely. But the guy's the, guy the funniest guy. I always try and get him to bite by, I say... I know, I'd reply to something he has the other day, and I was like... He doesn't anymore. He bit once. It's just worth a try. He did the first time he did was because he said he hated when people called it the Limmy Show. Oh, so I kept saying like, oh, when are you bringing back the Lemmy show? And he, and he, I, I hate he slaughtered my picture, and I had all his fans like pure slaughter me. Brilliant! That's, that's that's what you want. I know. I, I was like, welcome I, that I gladly. Like, just fucking for the tear me to pieces. Funniest guy ever. I know. Absolutely um, love him. Who who have been? Or have you had any influences? Because you've mentioned that you get your ideas for comedy for real life, Aye. from real life. Is that the main thing? Has anybody influences your style? Well, a lot of it obviously is for real life because, like I said, it's the funniest thing. Like, I've got, like, the Courtney's in a Ma character. Courtney's just kind of generic. Mm-hmm. Like, Swedish Lassie. Aye. But our Ma is, like, an amalgamation of all my pals' Ma's. Like, <laughs> my pal Alana, small Angie, Faye Govan. She's just literally that character. And it's, like, I love her so much. I love that kind of, like... <laughs> it's like a, a pure working class Glasgow mod that isn't really necessarily being aggressive but everything they're saying is in like an aggressive <laughs> manner and it's like it's so funny so it's just wee hangs in life and like manner, ma- mannerisms <laughs> that you tap into and stuff like I think is just hilarious but in terms of other people I really love um, Chris Lilly who 
made Summer Heights High. I don't know if you ever oh, seen aye, aye. it. Oh, Like one of my favourite shows, probably my favourite comedy show of all time. I think nowadays are a wee bit problematic, but anyway, I still I still love his classic stuff. And he's a, uh, I like his style is like mockumentary as well, which mm-hmm. is the thing we are trying to develop. Like, um, I'd love to say like people at Rickers Race just because they made extras in the office, which I love so much. Same. But, I just can't stand them on Twitter nowadays. Same. It's like, like I was saying earlier about policing what's funny. Like, see if someone replies and says his comedy show was shite, he's like, oh, you're offending. It's like, I, you know what? No, I'm not. Like, when he, he in his latest stand up show, um, he did make a Caitlyn Jenner joke and he was like doing it, and people, he was like, oh, everyone's offended. I was like, mate, I wasn't offended. Um, I was just, it was just a shite joke. Yeah, like, you can't know. just say, oh, your joke was shite. Like, and I just think that's boring. Like, and he's oh, he's one of the people that will reply to everyone that's criticising him. And it's like, I said it's embarrassing. That. I tweeted that. I think I said something like, person. And then it's like, uh, hi. And then it's him going, ooh, are you offended? offended? Did I offend you? And it's like, the fuck are you talking about? Like, uh, no, like, what, did you why see that, you that, that video someone made? And it was like, they were doing an impression of Ricky Gervais. And somebody, uh, Louis C.K. Because obviously he had, he had a uh, he did a comeback show where he just said really things that were offensive, I guess. And the uh, this person was doing an impression of him. I can't. I'll find the video and send it. But it's like pure bang on. Like, no people aren't offended. You're just out of touch, and you can't. Aye, like you your can't jokes aren't funny, and you can't hack that the world's fucking changing, and people have like different opinions now. And you're like, oh, I can't say it anymore. I can't be a fucking. Can't say poof or dark, yeah, you know what exactly. I mean? Like, yes, obviously, because they're shocking. And like, when, when I tweeted something about, oh fuck, what was it? But I tweeted basically, it was, it was me against, born against the Spice Boys of Twitter. And I, I, someone had called somebody a poof or something. Right. And I was like, oh, Spice Boys are really like, oh, you can't even be a homophobe or transphobe <laughs> or racist anymore without triggering like, mad left wing snowflakes. <laughs> and like, in my fucking replies were just like basically like just just people saying like homophobic stuff people saying everything and it's just like you're just pure it's like the whole debate about what you can call a Chinese it's like you're no like there's no need to call it what you want to call it aye there's no and you're, people are just so defensive it's because I think they have this total thing oh this everyone's offended nowadays you can't say it and PC gone mad like all that shit and it's like do you know what I, I get in some cases you know it probably has but uh-huh. m- ma- like mainly it's no it's like you just need to why are you so against just fucking rolling with the times and accepting learning for your mistakes I, I, it's a lot of what I probably I definitely would have said that word when I was younger because it was just something that mm-hmm. my parents would say uh-huh. Um but I know, I know now that it's like no, no certain right. bit. It's acceptable, so I just will not say it, and it's not that fucking hard. I've always found it quite jarring that word. Aye. Like, it, it makes me uncomfortable as a wee guy. Like, fine. I think I said it when I was wee. Maybe Aye. I picked it up for somewhere, and I remember getting told like, don't say that. Aye. That's just like it's just. Nice. I know, don't and I always kind of knew in my head that there was something no right about saying it. And I saw somebody saying. Corns, calling a Chinese a chinkies like calling a chip shop a chippy. Oh, fuck it's fucking hell! No, not, it is not. It? <laughs> it's not. Like, just, just don't, just, just leave it out, mate. It's, it is mental when people try and go. I don't mean it racist. Like, well, like, it doesn't matter. And then so, I seen one where this lassie's like, "I'm Chinese and I don't pay offence." I'm like, "I don't fucking care." I know. Like, you're no the voice for everybody, and it's. And then I hate that. That happens all the time. With I'm gay and I'm not offended by this person being a fucking absolute homophobe, and it's like. And it's almost like these people do it. I can't speak for everyone, but I think certainly maybe a gay person would do it because they, they wanted to be more kind of accepted by that group that's mm. like making fun of them. And it's kind of almost like they're like, 
ah, it's alright, you can make fun of me, I don't care, they're, I'm not like the rest of them. Uh, it's kind of almost like I think subconsciously comes uh-huh. from that kind of wanting to be accepted thing. And I just hate it because then they, that fuels them further. And let's see, I'm no racist, I'm no a homophobe because a per- that person said have, it's alright. And I'm like, fuck off. Uh, that's, a, that's a mental logic, that is. I know. The thing with people going mental at you for, for saying that, like that tweet, um, Obviously, it's touched a nerve. Like people, people can identify. Oh, wait a minute! I'm pretty much classed in that. And then, Aye. so you can't to counteract that, that. Though, but like, they start just coming out with these mad slurs. Aye. It's like you're just making my fucking point, mate. I like, know. Sometimes that's the thing about Twitter. Sometimes just get it makes me so depressed. Like I'm like, see when I do that, and I'm like, why do I even like Mark always says himself, Paul, just don't fucking reply to people. Don't, don't like, and it's not even nothing to do with our videos. I just mean in general thing. Normally to do with somebody being racist or homophobic mm-hmm. or transphobic or something like so uh, he's always saying to me just don't engage with them but I'm like I just can't you know? I, it's like because see when you see them get so many likes and it's like you, sometimes I think fuck we've came so far like society's mm-hmm. uh, loads of things have changed society it's so progressive now in Scotland's a very progressive place to live mm-hmm. and then I see like someone writing something and racist homophobic whatever and getting like 10k likes and I'm like so many people agree with this and it actually makes me it's like unsettling mm-hmm. and I'm like I can't even know say anything about it and it, it pure infuriates me and then I just think fuck I can't be arsed even being on Twitter anymore aye it can Pushed be a my own home it can, <laughs> it can be a bit of a cesspit um, but I suppose I think you know like this I've heard I think somebody saying like the world is the best it's ever been and the sort of collective mindset is the best it's ever been and the only reason if it seems worse than before is because we're so aware or so Aye. conscious of these that's things really that, that need corrected so although it may feel like oh fucking hell but it's more that when you hear these things like for example I won't name them even though I've spoke about it before um, there's a show a BBC comedy show that was on very popular and somebody was on it and he basically referred to a very well-known figure in Scottish culture. He referred to black people as the coloured guys. Aye. And when I heard that, it was like, Aye. oh, yeah, actually like, feel that. Feel like tensed up a wee bit. And he he he, made, he was impersonating Chinese guys, and he made Aye. his eyes into the slits and put on Aye. the Chinese accent. And I was like, oh my Aye, god! Really, I know it's like. But this was brutal. only so. This was two thousand two, right? So that's seventeen years ago, and everybody's just laughing. Aye. And I think it's like right now we've come that far that when you do uh, hear these things it just stands out like, it sticks out like a sore thing uh, and, I, and I can't believe that people the way we're both saying that we react to actually hearing it like physically react to it as I don't know how people can I guess I don't know about what some people have just never maybe been exposed to more progressive views or something but there's an excuse and I think that just saying that people don't actually feel bad about it at all or don't feel guilty or don't feel like fuck this isn't on mm-hmm. it's um, it's like, worrying. I, I can only speak specifically for Glasgow but I don't think there is this will maybe annoy some people but I think often the view of Glasgow is we're a left wing city Aye. if you look back to like the the strikes in the shipyards Aye. or like the, the unions um, traditionally being sort of left leaning sort of Aye. Labour and more latterly SNP and, but, the, and Glasgow voted yes Aye. You know, yeah, exactly like, how could I forget that um, but I don't think we're as as progressive as we like to think and it's actually another Aye. conversation I'd like to have I've got a good, very good pal of mine grew up in Glasgow, older than me with a Lebanese father and endured some mental racist Aye. part of whether it was jokingly or like serious and it's something that maybe maybe we have got 
and I'm not condemning Glasgow at all before anybody thinks that like I love Aye. the city more than anywhere else in the world but I'm quite conscious that maybe we're not as blemish free as I definitely agree because I read an article that said that Scotland's the best place in Europe I think it was for LGBT right. people to live and I thought that seems fair enough but I'm like do you know I've encountered like not a lot personally but friends of mine and people that I know have encountered like total like homophobic abuse and like I'd, last year in Edinburgh right obviously Edinburgh's naturally less progressive than Glasgow right, <laughs> right, but I, I, was, I think it was last year year four I was just walking down the street with my boyfriend we were holding hands like and this one guy just went like oh, and done that like just made a face and he was like sh- shook his head and um, I was just like but I just laughed about it but the thing was I was like whatever and then but we'd walked down the street like about 100 metres and this guy said to us he went oh I just we'd stopped at traffic lights across the road and this guy just said to us oh I just want to say like that's just really refreshing to see and I think it's really you might just not think it but it's quite brave and you know not a lot of people come from to just walk proudly and, and this was literally in like the space of 100 metres we had one guy like commending us for doing it mm-hmm. and another guy being totally like disapproving it's mad I can't understand that the disapproving thing maybe I just can't get in that headspace but uh, why how does it affect you like that's more like is it like are you huffing because you're raging because you pure want it but you're too scared uh, to it? like what is it like, I, I know don't, it's, I don't get it's it. weird like it's the thing with Twitter as well like I basically seen a tweet once and it was like I've seen loads of things like this basically like if I did this my dad would barter me and it's like I, well, that's fucking no funny <laughs> like, <laughs> some, I've seen a thing that I've not just been biased because I have a nose piercing right but someone's like can you believe boys these days are cutting about we nose piercings like if I came in with that like my dad would like fucking tear me apart or like, like butter lumps at me it's like and that's like 12,000 likes aye um, moving back towards comedy again because uh, they end up jumping about a lot is there any up-and-coming comedy acts or writers or performers that you, you think are worth looking out for? Aye, absolutely. There's a, there's a group of girls that I met, just like an off-chance, um, who are a, a kind of comedy troupe, and they're called the Yellow Ghost Gals. Right. Girls, gals. That's fine. They've got a Facebook, Facebook page. page, you should definitely check them out. Um, I know they're working on some sketches now, they've uh, done live shows and stuff, but um, they're like a young, all-female troupe in... I think we definitely have a lack of female Scottish comedians out there that are. I'm seeing a lot more like in the state of it. There was mm-hmm. I got introduced to people I hadn't heard of before, but I I just really would like to see more of it and hear because I'm just so boring to hear the same thing for the same people in the same fucking like. I like seeing new people. So it's I, I always like so it's a new young trip that are definitely worth checking out. And I check them. And apologies if I'm not saying the name right, but somebody who's in the state of it, Susan, is it Riddell? Riddle, how the fuck do you say that? I would say it's Riddle. Riddle? Aye. I'm going to say, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> she was funny, and I thought that was it was nice to see another another face, like Aye. another voice, because it often is the same Aye. people. No disrespect, obviously they're amazing what they do, but Aye. it's the same producers all the time, Aye. same director, so it's nice to hear that, that different Aye. voice, especially a female voice as well. Aye. Absolutely. Well, I think we've covered pretty much everything. Kept you for ages. Aye. Um, so thanks, mate, for coming. It was good fun. No worries. Thanks Genuinely. for having us. I can't wait to listen to this and analyse everything that I've said. I know. And over again. I'm kind of dreading that. <laughs>
Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation. I definitely enjoyed having it. Big thanks to Paul for giving up his time to come and speak to me. It was a great laugh. This is going to be me just rambling, so if you've had enough of me, then now's your time to just leave. Uh, I just want to gonna, gonna touch on a couple of the things we spoke about. Uh, the sad way of vlogs, I think, will be definitely something to look out for. That'll be They'll be good. Obviously, the mental health blogs that Paul was speaking about, they'll be putting up periodically, I assume. Probably could have asked him that when I had the chance, couldn't I? I yeah, will. I thought the chat we had on a couple of mental health aspects was quite worthwhile and interesting. Um, It's hardly groundbreaking stuff, but it is important to just keep having these conversations and to normalise something that is still heavily stigmatised. You know, we'll talk about, it's okay not to be okay, and I'm not saying this is like bad with any ill intentions or anything, but I feel that we always say, it's okay not to be okay, or my DMs are open like all that kind of part but I think it's kind of surface level and maybe the next step is to actually to start having specific conversations about what's causing it um, whether it's you know alcohol's not making things any easier like if constantly getting mad about it makes you constantly feel sad about it then perhaps you need to stop that so I think what I'm just trying to get at is it's good to have these conversations and talk about it in a bit more detail and I know people are hearing it um, because people are getting in touch um, to kind of say they've they've listened or they've enjoyed it or it's kind of made them think about something or to maybe open up a wee bit and I know that sounds so wanky but at the same time like I fucking don't care some of the things that I've heard and some of the conversations I've had have been quite eye-opening um, off the back of having these conversations so if one person again I'm, I am aware of how cringy this sounds but I get if one person again gets in touch and says it either helped or they, they you know just they opened up a conversation with me it has been worth it and it is worth it's not worth it because nobody wants to be hearing you know you don't want to imagine yourself like getting fucking slagged but who cares better to get slagged and to help somebody than to not get slagged and not help anybody that's the way I'm looking at it uh, I have spoken off pish for now so I'm going to wrap it up um, I will be back again next Friday same time I don't know who with because I'm away to Madrid this weekend and I'm going to be in Edinburgh and that's what I'll be doing the recording so it just depends who's available to meet me and who isn't uh, but I will be back and I hope it's a good one till then if anybody's got any suggestions feel free to fire them away can I guarantee I'll take them on board but I would like to hear them uh, and if you fancy leaving a rating or a review, it actually really helps. So if you have enjoyed it, like I say, leave a rating. If not, £900. Cheers. I'm Kirby. And I'm Sarah. And, and we're, we're Gloss Angeles. Angeles. 
Strivectin is a brand that's long been regarded as top-tier skincare by professionals of all kinds. We personally love how all of Strivectin's products are backed by science. If you're looking for an eye cream to help smooth the appearance of crow's feet and under-eye puffiness, Strivectin's new Intensive Eye Concentrate for Wrinkles Plus is proven to do so starting in just five days. To learn more, visit Strivectin.com.